Boys, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the pod. Episode 91 of the Booth Review. I'm Seth Hellman, joined as always by Brennan Willett. Brennan, how is your week going? Awful. Um, <laughs> I first would just, I like, <laughs> I, I like the intro. Uh, I think you nailed our target audience perfectly. Boys, ladies, and gentlemen. So we have boys and ladies and gentlemen. No girls. Boys and ladies and gentlemen. So I think you did it perfectly. But yeah, awful. Um, I am, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, Thanksgiving can't come soon enough. I am tired. I am overwhelmed. I have so much on my plate and I'm stressed and I, it's all the above. But it will all pay off on Friday, November 26th because that is when TBR Bowl 2 is and that is why I am all of those things. This is by far our most comprehensive, most complex, most expensive, most in-depth production that we are doing at TBR to date. Uh, but it will all come to fruition on Friday, November 26th, because we are creating the best piece of content we've ever created. And it's my job to oversee all of that and make sure it all goes smoothly. So that's what I've been doing for the past week and a half now. A lot of talking with designers, a lot of talking with videographers, photographers, video editors, audio editors, everything. Um, I wanted to be completely hands-off, so to speak, so that I can just play the game. Because last year I felt like I was... Uh, trying to help Brownie with the camera, trying to make sure the GoPro was working, trying to make sure the microphone was working, editing, you know, in real time, posting on the Instagram. So I wanted to just focus on the game so that we can actually win. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I'm doing. I will say, I find it funny that you're putting all this effort in just to get absolutely smacked in the actual game. Well, what's funny is, like, yeah, like, we might lose, but it won't be any of your doing. So <laughs> you, you're just a roster <laughs> member of a better team. But, hey, I do have a secret weapon who may or may not be playing. I'm not going to say who it is. But, like, it would be if, – if this person plays, it would be game fucking over for all of you. I wouldn't even have to do anything. I would just be there. So, yeah, that's how I'm doing. Long-winded way of saying – like, watch, oh, watch me have, yeah. like, three touchdowns. You probably will. I mean, I feel like everybody had at least a couple last year. <laughs> so, yeah, yes. uh, I'm, I'm working my ass off. And it's rewarding when I'm getting all this stuff done. But, yeah, a lot to to work on. Also, just a quick shout-out to OFC, one of the members of the graphic design team at TBR. He's the GOAT. I ask him to do something, and he does it. And I appreciate people who do that. And he understands what I mean when I say what I want, and he gets it to me. And he's he is the most reliable person I know in my life. And I've never met him. So, <laughs> shout out to him. So, yeah. How are you? I'm tired. I'm eating some grapes. But according to the bag, I'm eating raisins. I don't know if you can see that. It says raisins. Well, aren't they kind of the same thing? Oh, well, Seth. N- Seth. <laughs> Am I missing something? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sitting here eating them, and on the like, I'm just looking at the other side. It says raisins. What's this? What does it say underneath? Let's dissect this together. Oh, it's in French. <laughs> there you go. 
that actually just happened. <laughs> I tell him, I've been up since 8 o'clock this morning. Did you take French at all? I took French for a singular year. Oh, okay. So, so good in seventh grade. Bad. Okay. Um, I've been up since 8 a.m. I had four straight hours of class, got about a half an hour break, and then went straight to baseball. Yeah. So and so my brain, food. yeah, my brain's just completely fucking fried. It's, your brain just turned off the French part. Je m'appelle Seth. That's all I can really remember. Uh, comment ça va? I remember that. That's pretty good. That's pretty ça good. Ça va bien et toi? That's pretty good France from you. That's pretty good. Um, but yeah, glad to hear some attention. Raisins are good. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, these are really crisp. You know how sometimes when you bite into a grape and it's just kind of like squishy and it's like, all right, fine, whatever, it tastes okay. These are just like, just like crisp. They're well rounded. And like, I don't, they're like hard, you know? And when you bite into it, it, like, like you feel it, you know. There's almost like a crunch to it. I don't know. It's like a good grape. Kind of losing me a little bit there. <laughs> I don't like soft grapes. All right. I don't even. I don't even. I don't even know anymore. I don't. I don't. I really don't. Hmm. Speaking of small round things, I got sent this video of this guy who's an absolute machine, right? Like he does this thing where he's carrying a seventy-pound backpack. And then he's pulling a 70-pound sled behind him. And then he has two 70-pound kettlebells in either arm, right? And he walks a mile with all that weight, right? A mile? A mile. Walks a mile with uh, 280 extra pounds on top of what he already weighs, right? Yeah. And he's on this caveman diet where he only eats raw meat. And so I was following it for the first, you know, minute or two of the video. I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, like, sure, whatever. Like, it's kind of weird they're eating raw meat. Like, I feel like you can get some diseases, and I feel like it probably doesn't taste very good. But sure, all the power to you. And then he gets to one meal, and he's eating raw testicles. Like, literally just balls. Human or, like, like, what the fuck is this? What? Well, what was weird is they were, like, flat and, like, half sort. It was so, I don't know what animal it came from. I was genuinely concerned for whatever animal. I know people those testicles, testicles like pretty religiously. Um, like I was, like health nuts do it. They eat like they call it bull nut and they eat it. Uh, I'll never odd, that. just just an odd thing that I saw this week. Yeah, well, cool. <laughs> um, all right, so it's episode ninety-one. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty. You guys already know the TBR bowl is coming up, so just like. Keep keep up with all the content around that. Cause it's going to be fun. We're mic'd up this year too. Are we, we actually last year? But we broke the microphones. So this year we actually have professional mic'd up microphones that we we can. I believe like we'll rotate it around so like everyone will be mic'd up at some point. But a lot of shit's going to be talked. So that's going to be fun. I'm excited for that. Um, but yeah, tonight I would like to discuss what happened last week in the NFL. Because a lot, and then we'll do the week ten pick them, and then briefly, I guess we'll start with the CFP rankings because like that's that's very brief. Um, first of all, college football needs to be fixed. I uh, I don't understand why there's like 
five different sets of rankings and one matters a lot for the first half of the season and then just completely fucking disappears and then this new one comes along like towards the end of the season and is the supreme ranking of all and it's so irrelevant and uh, sorry not irrelevant it's just wrong um and inaccurate and yeah so first of all let's just do one ranking the whole fucking year um second let's expand the playoff because four teams every year is stupid uh and three let's change the committee entirely because they don't know what they're fucking talking about who do you think should be the four the top four in the cfp okay so first off how the fuck is michigan six can someone explain to me how michigan is six and michigan state is seven does that make sense to anybody? <laughs> no. They're both eight and one. <laughs> and Michigan's one loss was to Michigan State. Michigan so clearly State. Michigan State's just the better fucking team. Yeah. Um so that doesn't make any sense to me. Um I feel like Oklahoma granted, I have, I don't religiously follow college football like other people might. Um it's weird to me that like I think that Cincinnati should be ahead of Ohio State because they're undefeated. I get there's a strength of schedule issue there, but They've beaten teams in the top 10, such as Notre Dame at nine. So, like, you know, I, yep. I don't see why they couldn't be four. Um, I don't know what Oklahoma's strength schedule is. I feel like they deserve to be a little bit higher. And then the rest of it, I don't have beef with because it's, you know, who gives, honestly, who gives a fuck once you get past like eight? Right. Yeah. Uh, I, again, I don't know why the CFP does a top 25. I understand why the AP does because it matters. Yeah. But why does the CFP do a top 25? I don't even know why the CFP does anything outside of six because every year I when they announce the sense. top four, I don't even I say I don't top even because they do your top four and then they're like, Oh, the five, six game, which doesn't even end up being played. It's just the hypothetical five, six game. Cause they all just get, different New Year's Six Bowls, so it doesn't... And also, all sense. the seniors just don't fucking play, and all the guys that are eligible for the draft just draft, like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go prepare yeah, for if you're the, not in the If you're not in the CFP, uh, then you're not playing, unless it's like a very meaningful bowl game to you some odd reason, then like, there's no point. Um, here's my issue with the committee, and always has been the issue. Uh, they beat themselves off to Alabama and Ohio State every single fucking year. Literally, they stroke themselves to Alabama and Ohio State, and they will they will look for any sort of excuse to put those two teams in the college football playoff. So here, I'm just going to come out and say that I think it should be Georgia, Cincinnati, um, Alabama, and Oklahoma. That's my top four. I think that's a pretty reasonable top four. The Cincinnati thing has been a debated thing for a few years now. They're a non-power five. Yes, they play a a lesser a less competitive schedule, a, a weaker schedule than some of the other teams that are that are on this list. But it's kind of like UCF when they went on like that three year run. They're not losing. They're winning these games. Um, are they a number two team in the country? Probably not. But I don't see how you can go undefeated for so long. Had a huge bowl game last year against Georgia of all teams do it again this year and not lose a game. They have a stronger schedule this year than they did last year. Still not as strong, but it's stronger and be left so far out of the college football playoff. Like, yeah, they're at five right now, 
Seth, I guarantee you that the committee is looking for any reason to put an Oklahoma, a Notre Dame, a Michigan State, or a Michigan ahead of uh, Cincinnati when it comes down to it. I guarantee you they're looking for any reason to put a Power 5 team ahead of Cincinnati. Even these one well, loss. Notre Dame's independent, but right, there's, they're, they're Power 5 in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, they're one of those prestige um, places. But the issue with Notre Dame is they don't play another. Last year. <laughs> right, yeah, last year they were. Um, they don't play any other ranked opponents for the rest of the year, right? So they even if, like, there's just no way for Notre Dame to find their way in. To me, I think that the AP poll is much better, and it agrees with you. It, says, it goes Georgia, Cincinnati, Bama, Oklahoma, which is I think is really? what you said. Oh, right? I did, yeah. yeah, I didn't even know that. Look at us. Like, well, the fact that Oregon is in there is a fucking joke. Oregon is playing in the weakest power five. Uh, I guess you call it. No, the Big 12 isn't the weakest yet. They will be. The Pac-12 is by far the weakest power five conference. And they lost. They have a loss. Why the fuck is Oregon number three? That makes no yeah. sense. That makes no sense. Ohio State lost. They shouldn't be in. This was going to be the year that Ohio, like, people are saying, oh, Ohio State has looked like the best team in the country in the past few weeks. Yeah, after they started out so shitty. They had a game against Minnesota that they ended up winning, but they looked horrible. They trailed the entire first half. Remind me who Ohio State lost to again. Um, I'm not. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Listen, I, I stopped it. caring about Ohio State after they lost. They lost to Oregon. Thank you, Oregon. That's why Oregon's ahead of them in the CFP, but Oregon should not be in the college football playoff. Those three and four, get rid of them. Put Cincinnati at two. Because Bama's lost, even though Bama's obviously a better team, Alabama lost a game this year to an in-conference yep. opponent who will not be in the SEC championship. That's a big loss. Um, and then put Oklahoma in. They're undefeated coming out of the Big 12. They win the Big 12 every year. They've been to the CFP before. They have a, a very impressive resume. People said, oh, Oklahoma hasn't looked as good. Spencer Rattler was shitty. Like, so what? They, they, they went to Caleb, and he's lighting it up now. Uh, yeah. And they haven't lost yet. They haven't lost a game yet. So I and I think of all the teams on this list, Oklahoma is getting screwed over the most. You have Oklahoma, a zero loss team behind five losses. Yes. So there's five total losses in front of a undefeated Oklahoma team. I, that that's insane to me. That's absolutely insane to me. I just you I don't understand. They're trying to put Alabama and Ohio State back in. They're looking for any sort of reason. They're going to say Oklahoma hasn't played up to the standards that we know they can play. Cincinnati has a weak schedule, and then Michigan and Michigan State are one-loss teams coming out of the Big Ten, which is already kind of a fringe conference. That's yeah. their excuse that they're going to use. Fucking pathetic. Expand it to eight teams. Get rid of this whole committee system and go based off of it should be Strength of schedule and wins. It wins above all else. Because there just needs to be a clear dialogue around what the fuck all of this means, right? Like, if we could right. just have a, an equation that sp- puts it in where it's like, okay, say every game you can earn 100 points, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, well, we'll say strength of schedule is um, a factor, whether or not your home or road is a factor. Um, and, you know, your, the winning slash losing margin is a factor. Um, and then, you know, maybe there's something, yeah, your 
opponent's strength of schedule is a factor as well. Something like that, yeah. right? Where it's like, you know, something to like gauge the strength of both teams and then what happens in the actual game, whatever, right? And then we know every week, like we have this quantifiable thing that shows it, right? Or you just use the fucking eight people and, you know, have that be because clearly eight people is better. I mean, like, look, not that I think that Notre Dame deserves to be higher, right? Like, but logically speaking, let's look at this. The one loss that Michigan State has is to Purdue. Notre Dame beat Purdue, okay? So if Purdue is better than Michigan State, which they're not, but they beat them, and Notre Dame has a win over that team that beat Michigan State, then shouldn't Notre Dame then be ahead of Michigan State? Like, it's a weird, and then all of a sudden you have Michigan ahead of Michigan State, even though, Michigan, you know, granted, Michigan's loss is a better loss because they lost to a team that's in the top seven. But, like, at the same time, if I lost to a team in the top seven, doesn't that mean that I'm worse than that team? Right, yeah. The it is a It is a flawed system because the committee is factoring in reputation more than anything else, which is dangerous. That would be like yes. in the NFL saying, oh, the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl the past two years, so even if they don't finish in the top eight in the AFC, we're going to put them ahead of a team like, um, who's the AFC? The Titans made the playoffs last year. Who's the AFC team? The Chargers. The Chargers are number three in the power rankings right now in the AFC. We're going to put them in instead of the Chargers because the Chiefs, have a better playoff reputation than the Chargers do, even though the Chargers have a much better record. That's that's the logic that the college football playoff is using, the committee is using. They're saying, well, Alabama's been in the college football playoff like almost every year since 2014, except for like one or two. Ohio State's been in it like every year, except for one or two. These are two teams that have pretty much won their conference every year, barring you know a, 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 an off year here and there. So we are going to automatically vault them ahead of these undefeated teams just because of their program history, where you have a team like Cincinnati who is working their ass off. By the way, it's not Cincinnati's fault that their schedule is so weak. It's not Cincinnati's fault. You keep complaining that Cincinnati has a weak schedule. Give them a stronger schedule. I think they could compete with these teams. You saw that bowl game last year. I believe it was the Peach Bowl that they played Georgia. And that was a fucking phenomenal football game. Probably yeah. one of the best New Year's Six Bowls there was last year. Um, so, like, they're, we know they're capable of competing with all these teams. Like, it's not their fault that the NCAA gives them a weak schedule. And so, what do you expect them to do? Like, they're going to win out. Like, don't dock them points. Like, obviously, if you can put them at, like, four in the CFP, once you get into the top four, you can say, yeah, Cincinnati has a weaker schedule, so they're going to be four versus, like, if you put Alabama in, Alabama's going to be ahead of them. That's fine. But don't leave Cincinnati out and put teams like Alabama and Ohio State in based solely off of reputation. That's that's so illogical to me. And I mean, when you look at you know Cincinnati's schedule, of course they are playing scrub teams. But like you look at it, and with the exception of last week and then uh, two weeks or so ago against Navy. Every single victory they've had has been at least 14 points other than their 11-point victory against Notre Dame. Right. Like, I don't, I, I don't know what else they're supposed to do. They won by 35 against Miami, Ohio. They won by 35 against Murray State, 14 against Indiana, 
49 against Temple, um, 35 against UCF, 7 against Navy, 19 against Tulane, and then 8 against Tulsa. Like, these aren't close, you know, with the exception of two games, these are not close games. Right. It's not like they're walking in here. Like, I would understand it, you know, when there's a team like, um, UTSA, right? UTSA is undefeated right now. And they were unranked last week. They were 8 and 0 when they were unranked. But it's because they're playing all of these teams where it's like, you know, they only beat Illinois by seven. Then they destroy Lamar. Fucks Lamar. Then 14 point win, 3 point win, 7 point win, 6 point win, a 45 point win. But like they have so many more close wins against these really, really shitty teams. And so that's why they're in the 23 or whatever right. the heck they are in the nation. And the thing, too, is, like, they're coming out of, like, Conference USA, which is, like, yeah, I mean, if you're playing Division One football, like, it's, it's, that's impressive. And you have, you know, like, tonight, there's Maction on tonight. And the Mac isn't, like, all that, but it's good football to watch. Yeah, but Cincinnati is in the next best thing. Playing in the American Athletic is literally, like, a tiny step down from Power Fives because you play – power five teams and you play power five capable teams as well. And like you play an independent like Notre Dame who was, you know, is basically like we consider them to be a power five because they're just such a dominant. I I, I don't want to say dominant in the sense that like they just roll everybody that they play, but they're a prestigious program. They've been in the ACC before because of COVID last year and they were in the ACC championship game. They were in the college football playoff last year. So like I mean yeah, they, we're talking about a team strong. that's been yeah. top five in what is it now three four seasons in the past eight years or something, yeah. dating back to when they lost to Alabama in the national championship team, game right after Manti Teo got catfished. <laughs> catfish, right? <laughs> <laughs> wow, air quotes around the catfish. We are getting you, con- you you think it was real? I didn't realize that people thought it wasn't real. That was the whole controversy was people thought he made up the girl. No, I thought he got catfished and like I that's not at all what died, I thought. No. She like died. No, I thought that it was that she just didn't exist. It was actually a dude. Right, but he but the whole wasn't the whole Genesis of this of the thing that like he was playing for his girlfriend who like died or something. No, I thought that it was he was on. I a thought dating that, that was the thing. No, he was. Him. That's right. That's right. But I thought that right. she like died, quote unquote, and then it turned out to be a guy who was catfishing him. But then people accused him of making the story up. But the, I don't know. It's all very complicated. I don't know, man. I was like ten. Say, uh, yeah, I was like I was little. But anyway. Like, just look at the teams that the American has produced in the past decade, even. Um, we have a soft spot for SMU just because Tarmy's the equipment manager there, but SMU's a good, good Wait, team. Wait, is Tarmy actually the equipment manager? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, what the fuck? That's awesome. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah, you see them on TV sometimes when they play in the background. That's so funny. <laughs> so you have them. You have UCF, who was the most dominant non-Power 5 from, like, 2017 to 2019. Um, you have Cincinnati, who is now back-to-back CFP contenders. They, they're producing good teams. So why are we discrediting Cincinnati for coming out of the American? Makes shit for sense to me. Fuck the committee. And also, perfect year to expand the college football playoff. Just saying. 
like they should have done it a long time ago. If there was any year where you could make an argument for the 18 system working, it's this year. Because I hate when people say, no, we shouldn't let weaker teams into the top four because they're just going to get pulled by the number one team. Well, hey, if we go one through eight this year, I think Oklahoma could beat Georgia. Granted, Georgia's the best team in the country, and they've looked really good. But who's to say that Oklahoma can't beat Georgia? Like, if that's your eight, Oklahoma could win that game. Alabama could lose to Michigan State. Michigan could easily beat Oregon. Like, there's your upset, six over three. Ohio State and Cincinnati would be a great game to watch. If it started today and you did eight teams, I fucking love it. So why are we... Why do we just do four? Like, why are we keeping it so exclusive? Let's do eight. Let's do eight. Come on. Let's do eight, guys. Come on. Let's do it. Start the movement here. Eight teams. Yup. All right. There's my CFP rant. Let's, uh, let's talk week nine. Let's get this. Let's rip the Band-Aid off and get this out of the way now. You don't really have a Band-Aid to rip off. You're, no, you are, I did great last week. You are on cloud nine for the rest of the NFL season. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm just fucking chilling, you know. I mean, we're you're sitting here and I for the pillow, and you're resting very comfortably on your lead. I mean, here's the thing: I just have to be fifty fifty essentially for the rest of the year. And I mean, like I'm already, you know, pretty much guaranteed to have a winning record. Nice solid yeah. eight and four last week, and I guess it just proves that I'm better than you at this. I mean, I'm about to win two straight pick'em grounds and. Yeah, so so I am, this is big, on the podcast right now. I am literally going to do this. This is unheard of for me. While I am not quitting, pick him. <laughs> he's conceding defeat. He knows he's I'm facing not a better man. Defeat. I'm not conceding defeat. I will admit that you have been a better picker for the latter part of last season and the first half of this season. I will admit it. It's in the pudding. You have been better. Because I'm in your head, rent-free. Not rent-free. <laughs> no. <laughs> I will admit that I have been making my picks, and you can hear it on the podcast, like in the way that I am, you know, working. Yeah, you literally make your picks off of what I do. Based off of what you do, which is not what I should be doing. So I'm saying right here and right now, we're halfway through the season officially. We we have gone nine weeks in. We have eighteen weeks of this plus playoffs. We're going to do, and Thanksgiving on Thursday, the Thursday that they play on. I am not going to care about the pick'em standings anymore. I do not care if you beat me by thirty games. I don't care. I am conceding now that you have been the better picker. And that I will live to fight another day. So from now on, I am going to pick based on top of who I think is going to win the football game with no fear of getting the pick wrong and losing ground in my pick'em standings. Because when I'm authentically picking football games, it's when I'm most lethal and when I'm at my best. People know I am the most dangerous, better, and picker when I'm going off of my instincts. So from here on out, episode 91 and on, I don't give a flying fuck what anybody else picks. These are my picks. There are others like them, but these are mine. Yeah. Quote it. Stamp it. Let's talk about week nine and then go into week ten. Okay, fair enough. So, first game, Sunday, 1 p.m., Browns at Patriots. Well, hold on, Seth. Let's talk about week nine, guy. 
Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. What do you want from me? <laughs> My bad. I thought we were going straight into the account. I was so excited. What do you want from me? <laughs> Let's just talk week nine really quick. <laughs> A lot of shit happened. Yeah, I mean, it's trying to... Um, yeah, it was interesting week. I mean, what the fuck was that Bills-Jags game, right? Like, it just... Yeah. How do you lose that? I Like, if you're the Bills, that's insanity, well, especially with Trevor Lawrence going out, like, for a full quarter or whatever it was. But, like... <laughs> Just, uh, I, I mean, people were riding Josh Allen's dick entering the season, and he ain't been all that, man. Like, he just has not been all that great, and I've been saying it all last year and all this year. I just don't think he's all that great, and look at their record. It's pretty evident. They are not legitimate contenders in my mind. Um, their offense I mean, I was kind of shocked by their offense last year because they really don't have any other pieces other than Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Like, I, their run game is non-existent. Singletary and Moss are not legitimate running backs. They have now dropped three games in a conference that uh, is probably going to be won by a team that wins 11, I think. Um, and I think that team, I said it in the offseason, and I still think that the New England Patriots are going to win the AFC East. This Bills loss bodes very well for the Patriots because, Seth, I'm going to say this right now. Patriots, Super Bowl contenders, lock it in right now. I know I gave them shit a couple weeks ago, but I lit a fucking fire under their asses. They have played football for 21 straight days now. I mean, hey, I'd be pretty happy if they won just because it helped my wallet out a little bit. Um, but... <sighs> Let's just say I'm feeling much more confident about my, I think it's over nine and a half wins that I have on them. Um, feeling much better about that. Um, oh, they're going to get to nine and a half for sure. I would hope. Um, if you look at the remaining Patriots schedule, let's just, let's just go through this for, for shits and gigs. Let's leave out the Browns game this week because that's going to be a part of the pick Falcons is a win. Yeah, there's some interesting stuff on that Browns game. I cannot wait. Yeah, until we get I'm, I'm excited to there. talk about that. Falcons is a win. On Thursday Night Football, um, we're going to beat the Falcons. That's Yes. Titans is a toss-up for me. Let's call it a loss, though. Yeah, fair enough. Because they're the number one team in the AFC. You're going right, to split. Without Derrick Henry. Like... Yeah. Well, and we'll talk about the Titans, too, because they have a Sunday night game. Or Sunday game again. Uh, you're going to split with the Bills probably, so you get one from them. You're definitely going to beat the Jags, and you're definitely going to beat the Dolphins the second time. That's your nine right there. Yeah. That is a Colts game and the, the Browns game. So let's say they win both. That's I mean, they'll wins. beat the Colts. I think they'll beat the Colts, so that's at least ten wins. So you're ten and seven, I think you're making it into the playoffs. Could be wild. I think I have a future on them to just. I, I think I have them Super Bowl make the playoffs and over nine and a half. I have a future on them winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, I do too. Oh, perfect. Um, yeah, so, my yeah. my Patriots futures are. I have the Damian Harris over eight hundred and thirty nine and a half rushing yards plus John U. Smith over four and a half regular season receiving touchdowns. That's not going to happen. I what have. Does he have? I think he's got one. Um, yeah, I've got 
Patriots, AFC East division winner, Patriots, NFL, you know, Super Bowl champion, Patriots over nine and a half wins to make the playoffs. And then I've got Browns to win their division. I have Browns to win the Super Bowl and Cowboys to win their division. Nice. So I'm actually, I'm not looking too bad right now. No, you're not at all. That's, that's a pretty good slate. Um, so yeah, that's my thoughts on the Patriots after week nine, lock them in Super Bowl contenders. Uh, I mean, they're in the playoffs as of, as of today. They would make the playoffs. Which is insane. I had zero faith in them to make the playoffs once they got rid of Cam and I saw Mac in the first two weeks. Yeah, it was when I went on that rant a couple weeks ago, I thought for sure they were going to just shit the bed again, be like a middle of the pack team. They've looked really good. They've looked really good. Granted, I think there's still, like I was at that Panthers game. There's still some things they need to fine tune. Defense looked phenomenal, but offensively, they're still yeah. they're putting themselves in some really tough positions. And it's like, you know, I, I'd hate for this to be the season of what ifs, and it already has right. been. What if you beat the Bucks? What if you beat the Dolphins? What if you beat the um, the Cowboys in that overtime game? You know, take those three losses away, and this is a one loss team, which is incredible. Yeah, it's crazy when you think about it that this team could realistically be a one-loss team. Right, so that's the only glimmer of hope for me is like, huh, if the first half of the season has gone like that with that many shortcomings, like, can we right the ship in the second half of the season and eliminate those mistakes and win football games? Because that's what it's going to come down to is like, you've got to put yourself in a position to win football games. Like, even that Panthers game early on, it was a little dicey. Lot of lot of delay of games, a lot of holding calls that you're putting yourself in second and long, third and long. Like you can't have that down the stretch because you're not going to be able to convert. You're not going to be able to put points up. But different story for a different day. Pats look good. Super Bowl contenders in my mind. Let's talk Cowboys for a second. The Cowboys lost to the Denver Broncos at home. Who are they? What is this fucking team? I'll tell you who they are. Fucking nobodies who are not going to win a playoff game this year. They showed their true colors this week. I've been waiting for it all season. It finally happened. The Dallas Cowboys are faking their way through this 2021 season. They're not legitimate contenders. Scratch them off the list. The NFC East is so weak. They're so lucky that the rest of the teams in their division are so shitty. So lucky. How do you, like, how do you win a Sunday night football game without your starting quarterback and then your starting quarterback comes back and you get fucking blown out at home by the Denver Broncos? It just doesn't make any sense. Makes no sense. Put that in I want all of this. Someone who's listening to the show, put this all in writing. Dallas Cowboys not contenders anymore. At per me. Um, Raiders. I kind of saw this one coming. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, I mean. It's, it's, it's kind of hard. Dude, to the Giants have kind of had their number. They've won their four <laughs> of their last five against Vegas. I just, I just thought that the Raiders, listen, I didn't want to do it on the pick'em because I was scared to lose, but it felt like the Raiders were due for a loss after everything that had happened. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they were. And that's not a knock on them as a team because I still think they're a really good football team and Derek Carr's a really good quarterback. It's just like when you're number one receiver – kills a woman and her dog and a DUI and your coach gets fired for racist things. Yeah. And another one of your players apparently got a DUI a couple of years ago that just resurfaced or something. Uh, well, no, someone got released because he um, threatened someone with a firearm on social right. media. Yeah, sure. Whatever, whatever it was. Uh, it's just <laughs> one too many tough blows for the Raiders for them to have been able to win that game. And it sucks because we hate the Giants, but 
that was just a recipe for disaster all week. Yeah. Like, the focus just wasn't there. Uh, I'm sure Jerry loved that one. Jerry is apparently a Raiders fan. Um, I'd love to hear. So his- Jerry was a Philly fan. No, he's a he's a Raiders fan. But Jerry's got eagle wings in his bio, doesn't he? Yeah, but I don't. I think that's like his high school because when the Raiders played the Eagles and I picked the Raiders, he commented, "He was like, you're high for picking the Eagles to beat us." <laughs> it's like, Jerry, you guys just lost to the Giants. Jared dog, I love you, love you like a brother. But yeah, I always, I love it when he comments because I always just be, I'm like, Jerry, how's the fam? <laughs> What's funny is that he follows us and he's probably one of our more active followers. Yeah, it's unreal. He was I mean, one of the loudest people chirping us when we did our uh, season predictions, and now he's just here, and he comments, and he drives a participation. So good for you, Jerry. I'm sure Where he listens out. to the show, too. So, like, fuck you, Jerry. Texans and Dolphins quickly. That was the world's worst football game, two one and seven teams. I picked Texans, and the Texans, in, in hindsight, of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. should have won that football game. Um, they literally cost, or they forced turnovers in the fourth quarter like four or five times and had the ball in scoring position and didn't do anything about it. They were, they were like first in goal from the one and ended up kicking a field goal. Like pathetic, 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 pathetic performance. That one's not on me. Uh, and then the Saints had the game in the bag. First of all, why are they not starting Taysom Hill? Makes no fucking sense to me at all. Uh, you're paying him all that money, and, you, and you're and you voluntarily starting Trevor Seaman, which makes zero sense at all. Uh, Isn't it? Is, is, sorry, did, what? did you pronounce that intentionally? <laughs> Was yes. that Did you mean? Okay. I, know <laughs> I just wanted to double check. Thank you. Okay. I, I thought I, I wasn't. No, no, no. Here's the thing. I didn't know that his name was Simeon. I thought his name was Simeon. I wasn't sure. It's 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 semen in my eyes, uh, and should be in the eyes of everybody because that's just funny. Um, but yeah, so the Saints go up by one point, twenty five, twenty four, with literally a minute left. Falcons have the ball in their own territory with like no timeouts and a minute left. Matt Ryan, of all people, throws a fucking Hail Mary to Cordell Patterson. They get into field goal range, and they win the game. So What a just, sentence. What a sentence. Matt yep. Ryan throws a Hail Mary to Cordell Patterson. <laughs> I mean, Cordero he's not real this year. He had a great quote after the game. He goes, when I was a kid, my mom worked three jobs, so I don't see why I can't play three positions. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great quote. I like that. That's fucking like, awesome. So true. And he can. Like, he can play as many as he wants. He's the best player in the NFL. He's probably the most consistent player in the NFL right now. Consistently effective player in the NFL. Yeah. Also, shout out to uh, DeAndre Hopkins for not catching a single pass in the Cardinals 49ers game, but kicking the game winning field goal for the Chargers. The, 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 the uh, Chargers' kicker, name is Dustin Hopkins. Funny joke. Yeah, but on the on the thing on NFL.com, it just says D Hopkins. Go ahead, twenty nine yard field goal with two seconds. Well, DeAndre That's Hopkins DeAndre didn't Hopkins. play against the. I know that he didn't play. It helped me out in one of my fantasy matchups. All three of my fantasy teams won this week. That never happens. Cool. <laughs> I just have the one. I beat Ferulo by like the skin of my teeth, but nice. uh, I did. 
So yeah. Um, yeah, I'm slowly I'm slowly sneaking my way back up into uh, the playoff discussion in the TBR league. Love that. If I, it, Love if that. I somehow manage to win the whole thing this year, I am auto drafting next year, and none of y'all can say shit because I auto drafted in one and then would manage to win. But I'm yeah, I'm fourth right now in the league, so I am in playoffs. Yeah, I'm right on I'm your heels playing, too. I'm playing Diggs in a Blanket. Oh, are you Quan Solo? I am. I named my team after the player who hasn't started a game for me yet this year. (laughs) (laughs) And he won't either. Isn't he done? No, he's coming back in a couple weeks, apparently. Oh, is he? Yeah, but I mean, I don't even know if I'm going to put him. I got screwed at the running back position. I drafted Barkley and Edwards Alaire, and they both have been. I have the single greatest running back room ever. What do you have? James Robinson, DeAndre Swift. Christian McCaffrey and James Conner. That's my that's running elite. back room. It's that's so crazy good. That's that's elite. I like that. Um, my wide receivers are ass. I think we should do something nice for the fantasy football winner this year. Yeah, nice little trophy. We should just get a shitty trophy yeah. that we pass down year to year. Like you get to keep it for the year, and then. Yeah. Next, do you like present it to you? I was thinking muffin basket, but that works too. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You get a muffin basket every year, but it comes with the shitty trophy. That's fine. Yeah, we can do that. Let's do that. <laughs> That's okay. So um, Packers, Chiefs. I don't know why I was surprised. Okay, first of all, the Chiefs suck. They're horrible this year. They couldn't. They Dude, couldn't shout out, shout the out to the Chiefs for putting Jordan Love's mom in the fucking last row of Arrowhead Stadium. Like, literally, if she sat further back, she'd be outside of the stadium. Shout so out to the, for the, to the Packers for covering, first of all. That was a great backdoor cover by them. In one of the sloppiest offensive games ever, they managed to cover the six-point spread. Seven-point spread, losing by six. Um, and I texted seven. Well, wasn't it funny how sport, I got it at seven. Uh, some people had it at six and a half, but when I that it was seven, but yeah, six and a half. Whatever. I think when we talked about it on the podcast, it was six and a half. It was probably six and a half, yeah. Um, I texted Seth when that was all going on. I said, it's funny how sports work. Uh, Mason Crosby missed two field goals earlier in the game, and the Packers are losing by six. Like, I, yeah. think that's just, I think that's funny because now Packers fans can actually have an excuse. They'd be like, oh, well, we would have beat them if they didn't miss the two field goals. So, like, it's fine, which the Packers are fine. I mean, you didn't have Aaron Rodgers, um, and you played so on apparently the Apparently he might not play this week either. Yeah, I know. What's the fucking deal with this whole thing? Like, <laughs> no, I'm I'm fairly certain that he like tested positive for COVID. Like, I think that's what happened. But then yeah. I think what the the issue is that the, the way the NFL rules are set, and we've discussed this on the pod before. Um, this year, with the guys who are unvaccinated, they're like literally not allowed to leave their house. But, you know, we all saw the photos of Rogers at the Halloween party dressed up as John Wick, right? Right. And so what I think happened is that he tested positive from that party. And so they're trying to figure out because so the Packers got fined $300,000 for all of this. Yeah. But there's confusion from my standpoint of like what I think is going. So he's made some weird comments about vaccines in the past. The immunized thing. Yeah, the, right. And so it's like. People don't know if he's actually had, like, an FDA-approved vaccine, though technically when he would have gotten vaccinated, it wouldn't have been FDA-approved. But um, 
so there's confusion as to whether or not he got one of those actual vaccines or if he was just injecting himself like horse tranquilizer or whatever. So if he claimed to be vaccinated but actually wasn't and then he was going to all these things, like he can get suspended, I think, is what happens. And then like if there was somehow an outbreak on the team, I think they would have to forfeit games. Yeah, it was such a weird way. Like early, I mean, I never saw the clip, but they they asked him. They're like, "Oh, are you vaccinated?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm immunized." Like, <laughs> what a weird way to answer that question. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it was like he definitely like meant that shit. Like, too. dude, like, no, if you're not, not vaccinated, vaccinated just fucking lie. Just say yeah, so you can get him off your back. Yeah, I'm immunized. Like the way he said it too in the interview was so it was so Aaron Rodgers actually of him. Um, to say he's yeah, immunized. Aaron Rodgers, man. That's like Tom Brady. Like Tom Brady probably didn't get the COVID vaccine. He probably took like three-year-old children and like just like put all their sweat in like um, a, a vial and then injected himself with it. It was like, yeah, COVID immunization. Uh, so that's probably what Aaron Rodgers did. He just did the lips a couple of times and he was like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, if Tom Brady and his son haven't gotten COVID, then who has? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Um, but I don't know the deal with Aaron Rodgers. I really don't. It's so weird. <laughs> He's become the very thing he sought to destroy. He used to complain about Brett Favre being an asshole, and then now he's just you know, Aaron Rodgers is the biggest asshole, and he doesn't talk to his family. I mean, yeah, let's tell you everything. He cheated on Danica, and like, I love Danica. So all right, man. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, Cardinals are legit. Yep. We knew this. I don't think that being the 49ers proves it, but yeah. They, well, without Kyler and DeAndre. That's true. That's, that's, a, that's, that's a big legit. Thing. That was It legit. just shows you how, like, big of a piece James Conner can be. So, good job to the Steelers for fucking and letting Cliff, go. too. Let's give Cliff. Yes, James Conner a big week. Cliff has really emerged himself as a legitimate coach. I mean, he was... He was getting shit on last year. They're like, oh, oh yeah, Texas Tech guy can't win in the NFL. Go I'm just going to – I really – I hope they don't win this year because it would break my heart if Larry Fitz was retired and then the next year his team fucking wins. I think if they make the playoffs, Larry Fitz comes back. I hope. I so hope he does. I he think deserves a ring he's so Mr. He's Mr. Playoff. Remember that 2015 wildcard game? Yeah. Where he in the overtime when he had that like ridiculous like play, Larry Fitz is, is like has that clutch factor that I actually think would benefit this team greatly. Uh, so I think if which they are going to make the playoffs, I think don't rule out a Larry Fitzgerald return. Let's just say that. And then finally Sunday night football, Titans shocked everybody. They beat the Rams. That was huge. Yep. Without Derrick Henry, what a win for the Titans. Um, Rams that might propel them into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we now, like, about it on the last week's podcast, like, oh, the Titans are still the number one team in, in the AFC. Like, what the fuck? Like, we didn't even know that. Um, and they just rolled the number one team in the NFC. So, yeah, call a spade a spade, guys. Tennessee Titans are a good football team. Yes, sir. All right. Let's get into picking games for Week Ten. Just a reminder: I am picking based off of who I think is going to win the game, which I should have been doing this whole time. Look yeah, theoretically, you know, that would be, you know, you would think that would be the point of Pick'em, was that you would pick who you thought was going to win. We had more um, people picking on a week-to-week basis, like if it was you, me, Carp, like Michael, yeah. like maybe Vito, Ferulo, if we all did it, 
then I would pick on week to week because I would be confident that like Michael and Farilla would come behind me so I wouldn't look like such a fucking moron. But it's yeah, just you Frillo, I'd be surprised if Farilla broke the 30% barrier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Farilla. What a guy. That's right, Farilla. Fuck you, bitch. Fucking show up on time, man. Are we gonna are we gonna have to put Seth on Farula one on one coverage in TBR Bowl two? Dude, I'm just gonna truck him. <laughs> just full contact. Just grab him by the horse collar and just yank him down. I, I would um, Okay, so first game first game of the pick. I'm still not over him and his whole when we were supposed to all hang out and then he was just like, nah, I can't and then all of a sudden he was like, Yeah, I can but like it was too you know what I'm talking about. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, you're the planet was long gone at that point. Yeah. All right. First game, Sunday, one PM. Browns at Patriots. Patriots are favored. They're minus one thirty. Browns are plus one ten. Spread is two one. I am currently looking at the line on DraftKings, and the Patriots are favored in this game. Over under 45 and a half. I'm taking the over in this game. I'm taking the Browns in this game because, as you said the other day, excuse me, I'm hiccuping. Mm-hmm. Um, Baker Mayfield and the Browns are better without Odell Beckham Jr., which is weird because he's such a good receiver. Um... And so I'm taking the Browns because I still don't have faith in the Patriots. Yeah, so they flipped the line. Uh, when it opened up at the beginning of the week, it was Browns were favored by two and a half. The Patriots are now favored by one point. Um, so I have a Yeah, I mean, that means that people there. started hammering the Patriots. Right, yeah. Um, I have a nightmare scenario that happens in the next 24 to 48 hours, uh, which is... And the Patriots have been known to do sign OBJ. Nothing would make me happier. Happier? Yeah. We need a wide receiver. We need a legitimate wide receiver on this team. And you're telling me, dude, this would be like Randy Moss. Randy Moss seems to be a bit of a locker room cancer, and he shows up to New England, and Brady crushes the testing record, and they go undefeated. And then what happened? And then Bill traded them afterwards. That's what Bill does. No, but what happened in that Super Bowl that year, Seth? They lost, okay? I don't need to be Yeah, shit doesn't work. Um, Odell's not Randy Moss. Uh, no, not, not in the slightest. Did not mean to say that OBJ <laughs> was as good as Randy Moss. Randy Moss is high key the greatest receiver greatest of all receiver time. Receiver of all time, yeah. Um, that's my nightmare scenario. Is and it and it's shaping up like like Bill's known to do this. Like I was talking to when I was at the Pats Panthers game, I was sitting with Jackson and I was talking to Jackson and we said no. Don't do it. And I said, I said, I don't think he's going to do it because I think he's learned his lesson by taking potential problematic players and them not panning out. But the fact that we're playing against the Browns this week, he's been in talks with the Patriots. It's been in the rumor mill for a couple seasons now. We are in need of a wide receiver. He's in need of a team. Um, it, it just might happen. I don't want it to happen, but it just might um and yeah, I just think he's a locker room cancer. Like as good as as good air quotes as Odell is, I mean, it, it seems like teams are better with him not on their team. Like the Browns came out and played their most complete game of the season the week after he gets released or the week of his release. They looked yeah. phenomenal. They played against a division opponent. They looked great. Um, their offense was 
had all the pieces moving together. I think it's more in Baker's mind. I think that, and I've said this before on this podcast, I think that he felt a sort of pressure to throw the ball to OBJ that he doesn't have anymore. I mean, Donovan yeah. Peoples-Jones was activated and scored a touchdown. Like, who the fuck is that guy? Um, like, it, it just works better without OBJ. I don't know how he'd pan out here in New England. Um, I don't think that we need to bring on that type of player right now with that type of drama, especially when we're trying to turn our season around. That being said, I love the Patriots in this game. I love them at home. This seems like a letdown spot for the Browns after a big win. I think a lot of the money is going to start to come in on the Browns plus one. Um, and they're plus money on the line. Never bet against Bill Belichick at home against the Cleveland Browns. I got pats. Wonderful. All right, next game, still 1 p.m. Buccaneers at the football team. Buccaneers are favored. They're minus 400 over under 51. Buccaneers minus 9.5 on the spread. Um, I'm taking Buccaneers to win. I'd be hesitant to take them against the spread. Um, and I'll take the under in the game. Yeah, Bucks are going to win this game. Um, I don't know. The too many points to cover the thing for me has started to slowly and slowly fade as more teams are starting to cover large spreads. <sighs> I mean, the single-digit ones, I'm less hesitant to cover. Anything over time, I really don't want. I, wouldn't I, feel like, I feel like they could win this game by, like, 16. Oh, they easily could. Like, they could win this game by two touchdowns. Like, I'm just saying I wouldn't bet. Like, I wouldn't bet either way on this spread. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, spreads in general are dangerous because of any given sun in the NFL. Um, yeah. I think they're, they're, they're too dangerous to bet on if, if it's like, yeah, I don't know. I love looking at ATS trends and looking at, like, you know, teams who are coming off of a loss who are playing on the road the next week and, like, some of those stats are really telling. It's like, oh, this team is four and zero when coming off of a bye in their pro, like you know, uh, franchise history. Like, let's hammer that. Like, those are fun, but like on a week to week basis, yeah, the big spreads are scary. Um, but more and more teams have been winning by double digit margins. But Bucks are going to win the game. Yep. All right, next game: Bills at Jets. Bills are minus six seventy five. Uh, over under 47 and a half bills minus 12 and a half. I'm taking bills, money line Jets spread. Um, I got bills, everything, uh, coming off of a, a game that they shouldn't have lost to the Jaguars. The bills are going to roll this week. Buying into that. You come off of a loss. You're going to dominate the team you play next week. Uh, too bad for the jets that they stand in the bills way. Cause I think the bills are going to win this game like 40 to nine. Yeah, I go. Um, I just think that you put up six points against like arguably the worst team in the NFL. Like it's just atrocious. How about um, we didn't even talk about that? The Josh Allen sacking Josh Allen and Josh Allen intercepting Josh Allen and Josh Allen recovering a fumble from Josh Allen. Yeah, it's too much. <laughs> too much number cool. to handle. It was so funny. Um. All right, next game, Jacksonville. At Indianapolis, Indianapolis favored minus 490, over under 47 and a half. Uh, Colts are minus 10 on spread. I'm taking Colts. I don't think it's going to be very close. Yeah, no. Uh, the Jags won a game by three points against uh, a good team, so like credit to them. But this is this is one of those games where it's going to be like you're coming off of a huge win and you're a shitty team and 
you're going to run into a middle-of-the-pack team that's going to blow your fucking tires off. Uh, yeah. This game by a lot. Uh, it's not even close. All right, next game. Saints at the Titans. Titans are minus 150. Saints are plus 130. Over under 44 and a half. Uh, spread two and a half. I... So here's the thing. I'm going to assume that Taysom Hill's not starting. Yeah, I don't think he is. I, he's uh, being used, but he's just not a uh, starting quarterback. Yeah. So I'm going to take the Titans here. Um, I think they proved this past week that they can win without Derrick Henry, and I think that they can easily continue to do so against the Saints team. That seems pretty depleted. So I'm going to take the Titans here, and I will also take them against the spread. Yeah, so I'm weary of this game. Um, oh, my camera is off again. <laughs> this was doing this before the podcast, Seth and I commented that it was behind. But anyway, we don't need the video portion for this part. It'll catch up eventually. Um, I'm weary of this game because the Titans are coming off of such a big game. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, the Titans just had a really big victory, and, you know, they could be a little bit up on their high horse. Right, and the Saints are coming off of a game that they should have won and didn't. So this game scares me. I think a lot of money is going to come in on the Titans. I think a lot of people are going to pick the Titans because of last week. But this game is going to be a lot closer than people think. I see a field goal separating these teams, maybe not even a field goal. I would pick the Saints if Taysom Hill was a definitive starter, but he's not, and I don't think he's going to be, so I'm going to I'm gonna tail you. And I'll say the Titans win this game without Derrick Henry. Yeah. All right. Uh, one, still more on the 1 p.m. games. Falcons at Cowboys. Cowboys minus 400. Over under 54.5. Cowboys minus 8.5 on the spread. I'm taking Cowboys uh, money line. Yeah. Um, Cowboys, this is, this is a game that they need to win, I think, uh, to kind of, because you drop a game to the Broncos and then to the Falcons, and we're talking about a very different kind of season here. Uh, so I'm seeing this as a must win for the Cowboys, and I think they go out and they get that win. I think Dak's going to have a bounce back game. Um, run game's going to look great as always, and they're going to get CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper more involved in that offense. So I've got the Cowboys, um, everything. Nice. Uh, Steel- Lions at Steelers, last 1 p.m. game on Sunday. Steelers are minus 400. They're minus 8 against the spread, over under 42. I'm going to take the over in this game, and I'm going to take the Steelers. Yeah, something's telling me to take the Lions, and I don't know why. Um, I'm not going to do it, but it feels like a letdown spot for the Steelers. I don't know why. But I feel like this is a game that the well, Lions. Well, every come game out. is a letdown yeah. spot for the Steelers. Let's be honest; they <laughs> fucking suck. That's true. Yeah, that that Monday Night Football game was entertaining, but they definitely, in the end, didn't deserve to win it. The Bears play are much an better ass football team. They're a sorry excuse for an NFL franchise. I am starting to think that people think wide receivers are good because of their names. So I'll use Juju is ass. Well, Juju's not even playing. Um, Chase Claypool's also ass. Chase Claypool is the most overrated fucking receiver in the NFL. You know who the number one receiver on the Steelers is? Deontay Johnson. But he doesn't get 
the respect because his name is Johnson. People are like, oh, Chase Claypool is like the X factor. No, Deontay Johnson is getting way more targets and way more receptions and way more yards than Chase Claypool. People just don't want to give him the hype. Um, I don't know why I want to pick the Lions in this game. I just like something like when I close my eyes and I think about this game, I see the Lions defense eating up Ben Roethlisberger and eating up Najee Harris. Um, I don't think the Lions are going to go winless this year. I think they'll win on Thanksgiving, maybe. Um, But I don't think they're going to beat the Steelers this week. So I am going to take uh, the Steelers. Okay. First game of the four and later slate. Only three four o'clock games this week. Uh, Minnesota at the Chargers. Chargers are minus 145 over under 53. Chargers minus two and a half. Chargers, money line, spread. Give me the over in the game. I don't understand. Like, obviously, the Vikings won last week. Um, but I, they did not win last week. They won a game at some point that, that they didn't have any right winning. I don't understand how you can look at them and the Chargers and be like, yeah, Chargers are less than minus 200. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, Dalvin Cook is being abused. So that's, that's nice. Good for him. Um, well, not good for him, but basically some. Jesus. <laughs> wow. <laughs> some woman like broke into his house and attacked him and then sued him for defending himself. Um, that's the gist of what I understand of what came out today. So rip to Dalvin Cook. Uh, but yeah, Chargers are going to win this game fairly handily, I would say. Um, I agree that the Chargers are going to win this game, but. I think this game is going to overtime. The Vikings have already had three overtime games this year. The Chargers have played in overtime games over the past two years. I feel like they've had at least one or two. I see this game being as close as the spread says it is. And I think this is going to be a Chargers overtime victory. Bold claim, (laughs) but I see overtime. Uh, Next game, 425. Philly... At the Broncos, Broncos are minus 155 over under 44. Spread is three. I'm going to take the Broncos to win the game, but I'm going to take the Eagles against the spread. I think that it's a field goal, and um, especially since it's three, like I think that it's either a field goal that puts a team ahead after being behind by like a point, or it's just a field goal to win it, and then you push. Yeah, um, I'm taking the Broncos, too. Eagles looked really good last week. Uh, they almost beat the Chargers. They looked really good. Um, don't get me wrong. I am rooting for the Eagles in this game just because I don't want the Broncos to get any more wins. Um, right. But, yeah. If this game was in Philly, I think I'd take the Eagles. But the Eagles on the road in Denver, I mean, every time a team yeah. plays on the road in Denver, we have to say it. Fucking oxygen. But, um I yeah, I think I like the Broncos a little bit better in this one. I agree with the spread analysis though. I think it's gonna be a close game. Yeah. All right, last four o'clock game. Seahawks at the Packers. Packers are minus one seventy. Seahawks are plus one fifty. Spread is three and a half over under forty nine. I'm taking the Seahawks here because it sounds like Rodgers might not play on Sunday, and so I'm going to preemptively just say Seahawks. If Rodgers plays, I think it's the Packers, but I'm going to say Seahawks. Yeah, um, 
first of all, take the over in this game. Russ is coming back. Rodgers may be coming back. We're not sure. Even if Jordan Love plays, I think... I kind of forgot he was out, so I'm glad that you just said that Russ is coming back. So I feel so much better about that take. <laughs> I mean, even if he wasn't, these are two high-flying offenses who love to throw the football um, and have a pretty established offense. Um I was a little surprised that the Packers couldn't get Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon going as much as they uh, would have liked to or as much as I hoped they had would, hoped they would have uh, last week against the Chiefs. I think if Rodgers doesn't play, then I think that they do get them more involved and I think that they can run all over the Seahawks. If he does play, I think this is going to be a shootout. Either way, I love the over in this game. I'm taking the Packers. Uh, I do have faith that Aaron Rodgers is going to come back, but even if he doesn't, Jordan Love got his feet wet last week, and if he needs to go again this week, I think he's going to look a lot more comfortable. As that game progressed against Kansas City, he looked more and more comfortable. Um, We don't know what we're going to get with Russ coming off of the injury. I think it's more of a risk to take the Seahawks. Uh, I like the Packers in a bounce-back spot here after a game that they probably could have stolen from the Chiefs without Rodgers. So I'll take the Pack. All right, last game on Sunday, the Sunday night game. Chiefs at Raiders. Chiefs are minus 140. Raiders are plus 120. Over 51 and a half. Chiefs are minus two and a half on spread. I'm taking Chiefs here. Um, I think they also cover. I'm going to take the Raiders. Um, Bounce back spot for the Raiders after losing to the Giants. I think they're going to figure their shit out. We still don't know if they're going to end up with Odell. Um, I believe they just signed uh, Deshaun Jackson. Did they not today? Honestly, it'd be perfect. Get another fuck up in there. Deshaun Jackson's not a fuck up. He's a good wide receiver. Did they take somebody? <laughs> fuck him. Okay, well, he's a good wide receiver, uh, and he helps their offense because they didn't really have an established wide receiver. I mean, they did, but it was Henry Ruggs. Uh, so they didn't really have an established wide receiver one. I like the Raiders in this one. They've had the Chiefs number the past couple of years, Sunday night football. Um, Chiefs are coming off a win. Raiders are coming off of a loss. I think Derek Carr is going to be playing with some motivation, a little bit of a weight on his shoulders. This was a team that throughout, you know, through the first four or five weeks of the season, everybody said, hmm, could be a top team in the AFC come playoff time. They're kind of falling off a little bit. I think he's going to, get the train back on the tracks this week against the Chiefs. Uh, I love the Raiders in this spot, betting-wise. Um, dicey in terms of pick them, but then again, I've, I've thrown caution to the wind and said, fuck it with my picks this week. So we're already we're already far behind. Why don't we get even further behind? Let's take the Raiders on Sunday Night Football. Fair enough. Yes, that. That was the Week 10 pick them, everybody. Cool. Um, yeah, we did it early this week, which is cool. It's Tuesday night. You'll hear this. Actually, this episode will be out within the hour. So if you're if you happen to be up late at night perusing the internet and you see it, the Booth Review posted a new podcast episode, then like, hi, welcome. Uh, but yeah, next time we do one of these, we'll be and then we're getting into the TBR bowl season officially. So a lot of content. I want to do a press conference, presser, all this, all that stuff for TBR Bowl, get some interviews with some players, get some fan perspectives. Uh, Maybe we can have a betting line come out, uh, some player props here and there. TBR, which which team am I on? You're on um, white. TBR white minus 800. 
Minus 800. Really? Spread minus 18 and a half. Well, you only beat us by six last year. Yeah, but they didn't have me, so spread minus right. 18 and a half. Right. Robbie Carpentier has been quoted on a podcast before as saying, if you played last year, we would have beaten you. He said that. Your captain yeah, said that. That's horseshit. So why don't you go and talk to Mr. Morning Show over there? And I don't, I don't draw passes. Okay, not a lot of people did last year, actually. Yeah, my only thing is I can't throw. RIP. That's fine. You have a quarterback. You have two of them. I have more than one quarterback on my team? Well, We've got the guy whose name I don't remember. One of the guys whose names you don't remember allegedly played quarterback in high school, and Carp played quarterback for a lot of the game last year and actually has quite the fucking arm. So. I find that highly un... Like, there's no way that's true. Go Go and watch the tape. Dude, I, Carp was my throwing partner for baseball. There's no way that kid can throw a football more than 20 yards. Oh, he did. He did. He had some <laughs> zip on his throws last year. Listen, he's been well-rested. He only has to play one game a year. <laughs> that's actually that's fair. That's fair. His shoulder's probably not fucked up anymore. Right. <laughs> he literally has one game every 12 months. So it's like the perfect load management schedule. Yeah, I used to stretch him out a little bit. I was, you know, playing outfield, and so I needed to long toss, and he'd just be like That's bouncing cute. them into me. Yeah, so stre- stretching each other out. All right, um, I don't have anything else. I, I don't uh, either. I hate the college football playoff committee, and I hated Week Nine of the NFL, but I love Week Ten, and I love the TBR Bowl. That's the takeaway from me. Those are the cliffs notes. From the episode. Yeah. Anything else? Nah. Alright, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. We all appreciate it. Always a great time to sit down and talk some football. Favorite part of my week every week is recording a Food Review podcast. And um, we'll see you next time. And on the next time we see you, it will be on the flippy flip side. <laughs> so... We'll see you then. <laughs> this love is a blaze. I saw flames from the side of the stage, and the fire brigade comes in a couple of days. Until then, we got nothing to say, nothing to know, but something to drink, and maybe something to.